one of my horrible memories from being a teacher. I was a kindergarten teacher for I think 12 years. And my first week of school, a little girl came up to me and was pulling on my sweater and said, Miss King, my dad took my cookie. And I just, I was busy. I I said, oh, I'm sorry. She, you know, took the cookie and I just moved about my business. And then she came back again the next day and said, my dad took my cookie and it hurt. And I, I was like, what, wait, what, what's the cookie? And she pointed to her private area and I, I didn't know the word cookie. I didn't mm. know that was a word somebody used for their private parts. So I felt so bad because I didn't speak her language. She didn't speak my language and we missed each other. And she had another day of that with her yeah. dad. Welcome to the Kindness Is podcast, where we take a deep dive into the true meaning of kindness. I'm your host, Caitlin Johnstone, the co-founder of Kind Cotton. Let's dive in. Wake up. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kindness Is pod. I am very excited because today I have Kimberly King, a mom of three, author and body safety educator, dedicated to empowering parents, teachers, and safe adults with the confidence to protect and empower the children that they love. Based in coastal Connecticut with her family and service dog, Alfie. Thank you so much for being here, Kimberly. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am, obviously, I'm a mom, right? I'm a mom of a daughter who just turned four and things are so much different from when I was little. I tell this story, I mean, I, I've shared it once or twice about how I can remember when I was young, younger, my uncle, before he would leave our house, would always be like, oh, come on, you know, give me a hug, give me a hug. I even remember very distinctly at one point he like, put money in my piggy bank and like for <laughs> a hug. Yeah. Very creepy. Right. I mean, I never experienced anything beyond that. Thank goodness. Yeah. And I'm so, so grateful for that. But I can remember even as a young child being like, I don't want to give you a hug. I don't want to give you a hug. Yeah. So I'm very happy that we have come into this world of consent and body safety and being empowered to say no. And you have made an entire being and life surrounding this very topic. Yes, and it's so important. Uh, I had a similar story with my Aunt Lavinia who my parents would force us to hug like every holiday. And, and it wasn't that I didn't love Aunt Lavinia. It was that she was an old woman and she wore these wool suits and she smelled like, you know, that smell of mothballs. Oh yeah. And I just couldn't, it was, I couldn't stand it and it was tight and just, blah. so, you know, even though I told my parents I didn't want to hug her, they, they forced me to. And that is what is great about now, as we learn more about like body safety and sexual abuse prevention, we know, and the research shows that teaching kids body autonomy and consent from an early age is how we keep them safe. And that includes not forcing hugs on anybody. So I'm sorry that happened to you and me, but you know what? It doesn't have to happen to our kids. Yeah, 100%. My daughter knows so many different ways that she can say goodbye to an adult who she loves. Yeah. And sometimes she chooses nothing. Sometimes she'll choose a fist bump. Sometimes she'll choose a high five. And I think that's something even within our family, just due to the generation that my mom and my husband's mom grew up in. They're, they were a little like, yeah, 
I mean, I want my granddaughter to be empowered. I want her in the future to be comfortable saying no to creepy men. I want her to keep her body safe. But then when it came down to them specifically, it's like, but like, I'm her grandma. And I'm like, no, this is teaching her from age that she gets to have the choice in what she does with her body. And I think that's so critically important. So tell us a little bit about how you became so passionate about this. Yeah. um, Well, so in my story, uh, my son was at a sleepover when I was in the hospital having a new baby. And I, I got a weird feeling that night that something was wrong. And in the morning when I went to pick my son and my daughter up, he ran out and told me, that he had a red flag. I had done a little bit of body safety prep, just telling the kids just like one thing, if anybody ever touches you or makes you feel unsafe or touches your private parts, you would raise a red flag in your head and come tell me. That's basically all I said. And so he did. Now, coming right out of giving birth and then hearing this sort of report and my emotions were all over the place, I I basically had like a, a, meltdown tsunami kind of like crying in the closet situation where i it triggered a bunch of memories for me from Mm -hmm. my childhood so like an episode with a babysitter that happened a near miss with a cousin a distant cousin and and so i started to realize that you know this type of thing was happening from child to child okay and nobody was talking about that so i went about a mission of you know trying to heal myself with therapy and all of that but i researched and you know, whenever there's something wrong with your child, you become like a CIA operative, and you wanna you wanna like find the answer. So um, I joined Darkness to Light, and I started to learn and take classes from them, and then became a certified uh, stewards of children educator, and just dug into the topic passionately, and decided I had to write a book because there was no book out there that was kid friendly and would like give parents and kids these real situations because it's not the man in the van it's not the. it's not it's like 90 percent of this happens within our circle of inner trust and now there is new research that says 70 percent of child abuse child sexual abuse happens from child to child so that number has has gone up so much in the past five years it's almost doubled so i did not know that that is new uh, information for me because as a parent you always feel, I mean, I don't feel concerned as much about the man in the van, like you were saying. I know it could happen. I'm not saying that there should not be talks about strangers and and all of that. Of course there should be. But I have always known that obviously these things typically happen more with family or family friends or or people who are very close to your family. I did not know that piece about child. Yeah, and it's uh, it's. I think the the reason why that is coming to light now is think about what our kids have just been through in the past five mm-hmm. years. You know, the pandemic. They're online all the time. They're able to access pornography. They're able to see things on Instagram and all that they really shouldn't see. And then kids, even as young as like four or five years old, are now like reenacting the things they see without even knowing that it's wrong yeah. or even understanding what they're doing. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a tough time to be a kid, which is why it's so important as parents to really, you know, engage in this topic early so that you make it easier for them and you help them understand, 
you know, how to, how to like navigate this difficult time in the world. I mean, this is a, child sexual abuse is the biggest physical and emotional risk to children on a global level. So we have to dig in. Yeah, that's really scary. It is. <laughs> I have a hard time sitting and listening to everything yeah. as a parent because I feel as though particularly over the past couple of years, I became a mom three months prior to the world shutting down in the pandemic. Oh, wow. And there just wasn't a lot of support for, yeah. for my moms. There wasn't that community. And then we yeah. lived very isolated for a while, um, which I still believe was very much the right choice for our family, particularly because research shows that your child really doesn't need anyone other than their family the first couple of years of life. So I say, right. if there was going to be a global pandemic, it actually yeah. happened at the best time for my daughter, right? Yeah, that was um, actually good timing for you. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. Um, not so much for me, but it was. Well, yeah, it was good timing for her mental yeah. well-being and development. Mm -hmm. So now I just think about all of the scariness within the world. Yeah. This being one of them, and it just being a different time. However, yeah. I always try to look to the information that we have and the good of that because like we just said this was something that we didn't talk about when we were younger right. so the fact that we have these tools to prepare our children to be in the safest situations that they can be in i think is definitely a plus so yeah. i'm hoping you can share with us what are some of the main things you would start to talk to your children about from the very yeah. beginning yeah so Interestingly enough, um, I think the most important thing that any parent can do is so when you get in that mode of fear and you're overwhelmed, like take it down a notch and go go learn, go go research, go find out the statistics and the facts and figure out how to minimize your risks. That's what my new book is all about, like empowering the parents first. So you can learn a lot and take a lot of preventative measures like right away. And then when your child is old enough to speak and understand language, I feel like that's when you start casually and lightly introducing topics like body autonomy and consent. You can do that when you're, you know, changing a diaper. You can narrate your diaper change and like what a quick, normal, healthy diaper change from mom looks like. You can narrate that. You can, in the bathroom, you can say, is it okay if I sit next to the tub instead of just barge in and watch your child? You know, there are safety concerns, but you can you can sort of mold and and move that consent language in. Like, do you need help cleaning yourself? Can I close the door? Should I, you know, asking those questions that gives them that authority over their body. Nobody did that when we were, like when I was a kid, my mom would just like, you know, come in, you know, just, act all like I'm cleaning, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And that kind of deflates their autonomy, which we don't want to do. So starting early there and then teaching the names of the private parts are that's so important. Um, it, it aids in, in two ways. So they are just body parts. And so it really doesn't matter. The kids don't have any attachments to those words we do. So we have to get over those words and just use the correct terms. Knowing those terms protects your kids. It helps them make a report if they need to. Mm -hmm. And if a predator is in the middle of grooming them and your child is all like, 
knowing the anatomically correct words, knows body safety rules, and isn't afraid to talk about it, that child is not a good target. So you want to make your child an unattractive target. So just that alone, if you did those those few things, you would be really going in the right direction for safety. Um, and I do, one of my horrible memories from being a teacher, I was a kindergarten teacher for, I think, 12 years. And my first week of school, a little girl came up to me and was pulling on my sweater and said, Miss King, my dad took my cookie. And I just, I was busy. I I said, oh, I'm sorry, she you know, took the cookie and I just moved about my business. And then she came back again the next day and said, my dad took my cookie and it hurt. And I, I was like, what, wait, what, what's the cookie? And she pointed to her private area and I, I didn't know the word cookie. I didn't mm. know that was a word somebody used for their private parts. So I felt so bad because I didn't speak her language. She didn't speak my language and we missed each other. And she had another day of that with her yeah. dad. So it's really important. Um, and then the other thing about this body safety is if you take it in small pieces, it's not overwhelming. So like you don't have to just, you know, read these books every day and, you know, mm. drill, your, drill your kid on all these safety rules because they'll get scared. It, it needs to be more of just like a casual conversation where you introduce the topics and have communication and then also empower your kids to identify their feelings and, and have that language to talk to you when they need help, when they're having a good day, when, you know, communication is really important here. Yeah, for sure. I'm actually, I feel like we do a really great job, as I mentioned before, about consent and yeah. also the narration piece of like when we're in the bath, we're encouraging her obviously to clean herself, but sometimes yeah. she's like, I just still want you to wash me. Yeah. Right. And we always talk about like, you know, the only time that mama or dada or maybe grandma cleans you. I mean, or touches your private body parts is when you are being cleaned. If you need help with the bathroom, if you need help in the bath and we discuss those things, I never mm. even thought about the importance of asking questions such as, can I sit down by the tub? Yeah. Just can little I things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's really powerful. I do always ask her now, since she is doing the bathroom pretty much independently, yeah. I'll be like, do you need help? Yeah, like, that's do great. Do you want too. mama to come in or do you want privacy? And she'll tell you, like, I want privacy. You can come in when I'm done, you know? Yeah, um, right. But the bathroom, the bath piece of it specifically is something that just like never came to mind. So I appreciate that. And I think that's really important. She is really funny because she will tell me if she's like had a moment where she's angry and frustrated. And if she throws something, you know, and I like pick it up and tell her not to throw something, she's like, but I'm in charge of my own body. <laughs> Kudos for her yeah i know yeah there's there's that fine line where like the body autonomy can sometimes go south and that you know it's cute but yeah yeah i mean uh, they so, get it they get yeah. that yes you are in charge of your own body but you're not going to potentially hurt someone else's body too exactly. so that's been, <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. a discussion as well um, tell us a little bit more about your book and where people can get it, because I know it's something that a lot of parents would be very interested in. Sure. So the Body Safety for Young Children, Empowering Caring Adults, that's the book for grownups. 
And that is for sale on Amazon or anywhere that books are sold. Um, I sell it directly from my website too, but I, I only have like 20 copies. So better to go to Amazon. Um, and then my book, I said, no, a kid to kid guide to keeping private parts private. That is still for sale on Amazon by like resellers, but um, it's going through a republish and a new edition. So you can still find it, but something new is coming in June. That's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited because I get I get to like change the way the book is designed and it, it will be more of a story versus a guide, which I think will help kids that are, you know, in the age group of like seven to 10 really be more invested in it. It'll be mm -hmm. little they can maybe see themselves more in it. It, it follows to a, a brother and a sister as they go through their day and it'll be cute. So I'm excited. Yeah, I love that. I mean, kids resonate so deeply with stories. So I think that'll be really impactful and important for sure. Kimberly, I think something that's really important that we should talk about is parents' hesitation to having these conversations. You know, us being in the line of work that we are and really being focused on providing inclusive books to kids, I have also noticed this narrative surrounding sex ed and that being dangerous or perhaps talking too much about private body parts or keeping children safe because then that may open up kids minds to sex. <laughs> all of this nonsense yeah. going on yeah. that's actually not going to protect children yeah but folks kind of think like they are protecting children yeah is that something i would imagine you've experienced yeah, I, I hear that all the time. And so I think parents with so many good intentions get stuck in this one place where they think that body safety is literally sex ed. And in my book, I said, no, we, we don't mention anything having to do with sex or sexuality or any of that. We're talking about identifying feelings. We're talking about who safe adults are. And we're talking about knowing the correct terms of your body parts. That That's it. Um, and if you don't have that, your kids are more likely to have issues with what comes next. It's so important for parents to talk about sex with their kids when they feel their children are ready. Um, I talked with my kids about this when they were five at an age appropriate level. You don't want to, you know, horrify your kids with too much information, yeah. but you, but you don't want to give them nothing and tell them stories about like the stork coming in with babies either. Like, like yeah. we're humans, we have a re reproductive system, you know, it's, it's normal information. It just has to be introduced in an age appropriate way. Body safety is is not that. It's like the building blocks of body autonomy, of consent, of body rights, and how kids can communicate their needs and let people know when they feel unsafe. Anybody who doesn't want that in their schools, in their state, in their you gotta wonder about them because that just protects children. That is, it's just all about safety and nothing else. Um, and I, I do encourage parents to actively talk about these things and sex ed because if you don't talk about sex ed and your school doesn't talk about sex ed then you could have a child like me who rolls up at college knowing absolutely nothing and that puts you in a huge risk category for some very bad things and you don't want to send your kid away to college knowing nothing and not knowing how to navigate situations that are very complicated and difficult when they get to college so it's important. It's very important. 
Yeah, it definitely is. Why do you think that it gets so misconstrued? Do you have well, any I think, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the media and the news, you know, you just turn on the news and every day it's like a terrible thing. A teacher did this. This person's a pedophile. 150 children were abused. At a, and then nobody follows up with the what can we do? Or mm. how do we keep our kids safe? And then it's weaponized. The whole sex ed topic is just weaponized to pit people against each other. And it takes away from the focus. And, and uh, you know what? I think most people, when you really think about it, the most important job you have as a mom is to keep your children safe. And if body safety and sex ed is going to help you do that, then you got to do that. It's just yeah. that simple. Yeah, I could not agree more. And it does all get... <laughs> It does all get to the point of like pitting each other against yeah. each other and, and, and misinformation, right? Like I can't so even much. tell you how many times we have been called horrific, horrific things yeah. for simply sharing the book, The Family Book by Todd Parr, which, which states some, some families have two moms, some families have two dads, some yeah. families have a grandma and a grandpa and it's, it's really unfortunate because it is. it's it's so sad and the other thing is like companies businesses they also sexualize everything mm. and our kids our kids absorb it so like on netflix there's this show called battle kitty i i hope you haven't mm. seen it no but it's it's a sexualized cartoon for children and it's targeted to like four to eight years old and it's no. full of it's full of like go look at it just to see okay. but um, but i mean there's so much of that and like you know fashion industry and the balenciaga i don't know if you saw that situation last year but like our kids are you know absorbed especially when they're over the age of like eight they're on the phones they're on the tablets they're yeah they're absorbing yeah. all this material and if nobody is countering it then they're going to take it in and it's going to change how they view the world, how they view themselves. And we've got to really build them up and empower them. So, yeah, 100%. Along with all the consent stuff every day, I mean, I notice even at the age of four, my daughter will say certain things, which is like totally normal, right? Like yeah. something like, I can't draw or, yeah, you know, those can'ts. But every day we do our affirmations in the mirror. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Even if you don't want to do it, like we're doing it because you are strong and you are beautiful and you are smart and you are capable. And then at the end of those affirmations, we always say, I love my body. I love my mind. And then oh. I am in control of my body. Oh, my God. And I love that. I, I mean, I want to hope that it, it will make a difference. I don't know. Oh, I'm but. sure it will. I'm sure it will. I mean, parents need to do more of that. It's why I can't take a compliment to this day because I still have like, <laughs> like things in my head going from what I heard. And I'm like, I have a hard time with it. That's so good. That's probably the key right there. Yeah, I think it is important. And to go off of complimenting you. I'm just so grateful that you are doing the work that you are doing because as a parent who cares cares deeply as we all do about keeping our kids safe, I I commend you for putting the work into this and and creating resources that we all can benefit from. So thank uh, you. Thank you. So welcome. I'm so glad to be here and uh give these resources out. You know, I also have a body boss boot camp which I'll share with you after which is like me 
teaching my I said no book to like a, a kindergarten type of child and it's engaging and fun and like even makes the topic easier if you're too scared to read the book it's like a quick little class that's just fun and light and is a good place to start so I'll I'll share with you that later and you can yeah share with your and audience. I can put that in the show notes for sure Perfect. in case anyone else is interested in that I think that's amazing yeah before we go I would love to know what your definition of kindness is. I think we've talked a lot about it throughout yes. this body autonomy. I, I mean, I think there's so many links to what kindness is in your uh, world, but I'd love to hear it from your Well, I, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like a quiet, unsaid way to spread warmth and gratitude. And for me, I also have to use that concept on myself. Because I go about my day trying to do one, I try to help one person out every day. And hopefully I help more than that. But I, I frequently don't take the time to be kind to myself with my thoughts. And so taking a minute to just have some positive thoughts and some warm generosity with my own mind. And then it's like on the airplane, you know, you put the oxygen on you mm -hmm. first before you. <laughs> so like doing that first and then sharing your kind moments. Um, and it doesn't even have to be words. It can just be, you know, I find myself at doctor's offices frequently um, with parents in similar situations than me. And sometimes just sitting next to somebody and just looking at them or saying, you know, how are you doing? Can yeah. I help? Um, I think the kindest thing anybody has ever really done for me is in a time of crisis, a stranger, <laughs> it's a kid's story, but I was in an airport you know, going from Oregon to Connecticut or something. And we had a major diaper illness disaster. And I was alone, single mom with three kids in this mess. And this grandma came up to me and just put her hand on my shoulder and said, honey, let me help you. And I didn't even know her. But I was like, yes, <laughs> there are. Mm. I think sometimes people just are put in your path in that quiet, silent way. And Thank God for that. You know, like that mm -hmm. sometimes is so needed. And we need more of that in the world right now, especially just really focusing on that. Yeah. How can, you, how can you help? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's a really powerful story. I love that. Thank you for sharing it. So Kimberly, again, thank you so much for being here. Anyone who is listening, please go and check out her books. Be on the lookout for her book that is coming out in June. I think that's going to be amazing. And remember don't be scared to talk to your kids. And if you are, there are people like Kimberly who are here to help. So I know episodes like that aren't always what we want to hear, but it's also what we need to hear, particularly as caregivers and doing what is best for our children and providing them with as much safety and security as we can. Once Kimberly and I hopped off the call, she so graciously provided our listeners with a code for her body safety boot camp, which is particularly great for children four to six years old. So if you check it out, it is linked in the show notes. You can use code KIND and you will essentially be getting this incredible course for the cost of a book. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Kindness Is podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love if you could subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind.